Hello, this is Carl Mailer from the Let's Talk Sports podcast. Are you one of the many people like me who love to voice their opinions? Then, well, the Anchor app is for you. Me, myself, I love using the Anchor app because I love voicing my opinion about everything sports. If you would like to get started on your own podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash start to make your own podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Let's Talk Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Carmelo. We talk all things sports. I don't know if you guys saw yesterday's headlines from the NFL, but Hugh Jackson was fired from the Cleveland Browns, as well as offensive coordinator Todd Haley, who was formerly well-known to be the offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's something I saw that was very interesting about the Cleveland Browns head coaches. The last five have all been fired after the second game against Pittsburgh. And it wasn't a it wasn't a pretty pretty game Sunday for Cleveland. They lost 33 to 18. They now promoted defensive coordinator Greg Williams as the interim head coach. And and, and here's a team in Cleveland and you look at Hugh Jackson as a head coach. He has not been a good head coach in the NFL. His stint in Oakland did not go well. And his three seasons here in Cleveland, he was 3-36-1. Having the lowest, the worst winning percentage as a head coach in NFL history at .88%. And, and, you know, I understand as a fan base, as a franchise, you want to see the team grow. But let's just, uh, let's just be very blunt about things about Cleveland. They didn't have any talent on the roster Hugh Jackson's first two years. You draft Miles Garrett, who's going to be, I would think, a very a very foreseeable future superstar for Cleveland. You got Jabril Peppers that will lead the secondary for the future. You got what many are considering the franchise quarterback in Cleveland and Baker Mayfield. And here's the thing. You know, I I love the talent that, that Cleveland has. I think Cleveland one day... It's not this year because I did not foresee Cleveland getting a playoff spot. I did not even see them competing in the AFC North. That That's just a, a division right now that looked like it, it was going Cincinnati's way. It looked like it was going Baltimore's way. And now it seems like Pittsburgh is kind of catching on to the hang of things, even with the still the absence of Le'Veon Bell. But honestly, I did not expect the Cleveland Browns to even compete this year. Now, granted, they have two wins, but I will not be surprised if Cleveland wins at most, maybe five. I do not see Cleveland getting seven, eight wins. It's tough. And even with an offensive talent in a receiver 
as Jarvis Landry, who I think was a good pickup for Cleveland. But honestly, you have to be able to, the defense has to be able to stop the other teams from scoring. And Greg Williams, he used to be Washington Redskins coordinator. I have nothing, nothing against him. But your defense has to learn how to stop people. Because in the first week, you played Pittsburgh. You tied Pittsburgh. And now you lose 33-18. to And then after that, both your head coach and your offensive coordinator are gone. I'm just saying, Cleveland, I did not expect you to do anything realistic-wise this season. I don't think Cleveland's going to even do anything next season. I think Cleveland, even with Baker Mayfield now as their franchise quarterback, even with Baker as their quarterback number one, I still don't think they are going to compete. They're not. I know they're definitely not going to compete this year. But I do not think they're going to compete next year either. I th- I think Cleveland next year can maybe get six, seven wins. But it also depends on who they play next year. Plus, you look at Cleveland Browns right now, they don't really even have a true running back. Because you, you, you traded for Carlos Hyde. And then you traded away Carlos Hyde. Now, granted, Cleveland has drafted some well-rounded college running backs but it's it's like a running back by committee so to speak it really is so it it sucks to see that in Cleveland because honestly and I tweeted this out yesterday when I heard about the news even though Hugh Jackson was terrible as the head coach of the Browns you still have to build with Hugh Jackson I mean granted you gave him three seasons and I think you know, I, I saw the Twitter feed with where fans were like, that was, you know, the day has finally come and all that, so to speak. But honestly, you it takes years. It takes years to build a good football team. Unless the owner or the GM has so much money, you can just surround the team with as much young and well-rounded talent as you can. And you win yourself games. And for instance, I look at the the Philadelphia Eagles. They relatively have a young football team with some veterans on the team. And look what they did last year. With Nick Foles in as quarterback, they won a Super Bowl. Now, had Carson Wentz not towards ACL in Week 14, do I think the Eagles still would have gone on to play in the Super Bowl? I think so, yeah, because Carson Wentz, he's a whole nother talent. He's a quarterback that I thought that the Browns should have drafted. Because honestly, and, and I'm just saying this to be quite honest, you look at the different playing styles. Obviously, every quarterback in the league has different playing styles. You look at what Baker, how Baker performs, how he you know, goes about himself, and you look at how Carson Wentz goes about himself. I honestly do believe, and this is just my opinion, and I know everyone else out there is going to have different opinions, but I honestly think that Carson Wentz probably could be leading right now the Browns to possibly four or five wins 
Because honestly, Cleveland has had a chance to win most of the ball games this year. They've already been in four overtime games. And it's only week, we're going into week nine now. The season is almost done. We're halfway there. But Cleveland has had a chance to win these ball games. But, I mean, you have to build around a coach that you can instill, even though Hugh Jackson has not been a good NFL head coach. And like I said at the beginning, he's shown that in Oakland, and now he he showed it in Cleveland. You have to build around the agonizing defeat of losing seasons and continue to build on that. I think Cleveland is honestly heading in a good direction. I really do. Do I think that they're going to be a playoff contenders three to five years from now? I don't know. Because you look at how the game has gone so far for for Baker Mayfield. He he has some talent around him to, to play with, but they need more. They need to build from the draft. That's what I always get told. You you win and you have good seasons from building from the draft. And here's another thing about Cleveland. I'm not talking about Cleveland football. I'm talking about Cleveland basketball. The Cleveland Cavaliers let go of head coach Ty Lue after the Cleveland Cavaliers started the season 0-6. Did I expect that to come? I didn't. I Honestly, I was, I was shell-shocked by the news. Because, obviously, Cleveland, the Cavaliers were not going to do anything. Even when you still have some talent on there, like Kyle Korver, J.R. Smith, Kevin Love, and now Kevin Love is possibly going to be out for more than a month with a toe injury. So it seems like Cleveland's season started downhill, and it's just going to stay downhill. You're just going on a, a roller coaster ride that's not going to come back up. You're just You're just going down and down and down. It was honestly a move that I did not even see coming because no one wrote an article or anything saying that if the Cavaliers don't do this, they're going to get rid of Ty Lue. But, you know, it it is what it is. I, I, I didn't expect Cleveland this year to to win much. It's an, Honestly, it's not going to surprise me if the Cavaliers are one of the worst teams in the NBA this year. Just because of the simple fact, when you lose the best player in the world on your team to go to another team, you're not going to do so well. And and really, you know, you look at Cleveland's roster they had when the trade deadline happened last year. You got Lance, uh, you got Rodney Hood, you got Clarkson, you got Nance. But, and, and here's the thing, I don't know why Cleveland even decided to give Larry Nance Jr. a, a contract extension. He didn't really prove much when he was with the Lakers. He proved that he can score at times. But, I mean, Cleveland, you're basically in a rebuilding stage. Even when you drafted the young man, Colin Sexton, you're basically in a rebuilding stage. And it's probably going to take a couple years. 
and the the NBA is one of the trickiest sports, at least in my eyes, because of the talent. When you draft them, you can you can have the the number one ranked player from college. You can draft them on your team. That's still not going to make your team better, because I don't think one or two players define a team. You look at the Warriors. And and speaking of the Warriors, they put up 92 points in a half last night against a Chicago Bulls team. 92 points in a half. If I had paid a ticket to go see the game between the Warriors and the Chicago Bulls, I honestly, that would probably be one of the first times, because any game I've been to, any NFL and I've never been to an NBA game yet, but I'm I'm gonna try to go to this to go to one this season. But any like NFL game I've been to in the past, no matter what the outcome was, I stayed for the entire game because you pay your hard earned money to go see these athletes play. But honestly, if that was the case, and I lived in Chicago, and I and I went to go see the Warriors and the Bulls play. I would probably honestly leave at halftime because how in the world do you give up 92 points? I mean, honestly, the the Warriors looked at that game and said, we're going to win this one anyways, but 92 points, really Chicago, you give up 92 points and a half. You had no lick of defense. And I also want to congratulate Clay Thompson for breaking Steph Curry's threes for the most three-pointers in a game in NBA history with 14. Klay Thompson last night just looked unstoppable. Obviously, the game was not on was not televised, but I I saw the highlights. The Warriors, it's not going to surprise me, and I think a lot of us feel the same way. It's not going to surprise me if the Warriors win another title. I mean, honestly, you look at the West, the West is loaded. The West is loaded. But really, who are the teams that are going to compete? Maybe the Pelicans, they might be able to compete. I don't think the Lakers are there. I mean, obviously LeBron makes the Lakers better, but you're not going to compete. The Utah Jazz, they might they might compete. Houston's just not Houston. And and I and I will say that you you went out and you got Carmelo Anthony, but you got Carmelo Carmelo Anthony in a stage of his career where he's not Carmelo Anthony. He's just Carmelo. He's not Mello anymore. If if Houston had gotten Carmelo maybe a couple years back, then yes. But Carmelo Anthony, he's not in the best shape of his career, and you're trying to surround him with. Talent like Chris Paul, James Harden, and Houston's just not playing like themselves right now. It's honestly, and it's not going to surprise me one bit, if the Warriors finished with the best record in the NBA and in the Western Conference. I'm already going to say right now, and the season has only begun for a couple weeks, I'm going to say right now, The Warriors are most likely going to go back to the finals, and they're most likely going to win in the finals. Now, if you ask me who they might play 
from the eastern side. Now that's a whole nother story because there's a, there's been a, quite a few surprise teams this year so far early on that have really surprised me with the way they are playing. They it really has. I am honestly I am quite surprised right now. Not, not by some, not by many, but some. You look at the Milwaukee Bucks. They're seven and zero right now. Toronto six and one. Detroit is four and one. Boston is four and two. Indiana is four and three. So right now, you look early on. I, I think looking at the standings just right now. You would have to think that Milwaukee probably might pose a threat in the Eastern Conference. And Milwaukee could possibly be a favorite going into the playoffs if they can continue this trend. Because Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, he's just playing on another level. I think Milwaukee, they got themselves a good player when they drafted him. And they got some other talent around him. Milwaukee could be a surprise team this year. Not saying they weren't a surprise team last year, but Milwaukee could be a team that, if in fact they 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 continue this trend, they could be a dangerous team in the playoffs. I expect them to do some 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 heavy damage in the playoffs. And you look at you look at the Western Conference right now. Golden State, you're seven and one. Denver is five and one. San Antonio has surprised a lot of people early on. They're four and two. Utah, they're four and two. New Orleans is four and two. Portland is four and two. The Clippers, another surprise team, because honestly, I didn't think the Clippers were going to really do much this year because I don't I didn't see enough talent around them. They're four and two. And Memphis right now, they're three and two. So Right now, Memphis is there. Some some there's some surprise teams, but that Western Conference. You look right now, the the bottom three teams: Oklahoma. You're one and four. Houston's one and four, and my Phoenix Suns are one one and five. Now, I didn't expect my Phoenix Suns to really do much this year. I still think they're in, in a rebuilding stage, even with the addition of DeAndre Ayton. And you got Devin Booker, Josh Jackson. You got Trevor Reza from Houston. But, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. all I didn't expect Phoenix to really do much. And I don't expect them to win 30 games. If, if, If Phoenix wins 30 games, which obviously is not a lot in the Western Conference. But if Phoenix wins at least 30 games, I would be pretty happy with that. Right now, as long as Phoenix can play better than Cleveland, because right now you look at those two teams, it seems like Cleveland is basically re- is playing for the following season. I, I would hope that, that Phoenix could at least win 30, but I, I don't see that happening right now. I just don't. And... The, the NBA season, you know, you can kind of tell what is going to happen as far as with all the teams. You can see which direction 
the season is going to go. Because right now, the way Golden State is playing, the way the, the, they're averaging, I just looked at it, they're averaging almost 125 points a game. But really, when you think about it, that's just how the NBA is now. You're going to score a lot of points, and you're going to give up almost just as much. It's crazy. I mean, you look at what the Warriors did last night. They beat the Bulls 149 to 124. Obviously, there was no defense from either teams because if you look at a Warriors super team, you would expect them to blow the Bulls out because it was 92 to 50 at half. You would have expected the the Warriors just to blow them out, but honestly, they probably didn't play Curry or any of them really from majority of the fourth quarter. You just brought in your second, third string guys off the bench and they're not used to playing that much. So they probably, they probably gave up quite a bit of scores. It is what it is. I, I don't, I don't expect, I don't expect the NBA to change much anytime soon this season. I think, the 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 teams that were in the top eight so far, that might remain the same way because it's just a balance of shifting and I I I, I really I do not see anything anything changing anytime soon. I want to bring up the NFL again. I I, I honestly think uh, a lot of people are overlooking. Uh, some teams they really are you you look at and and I want to bring up my Washington Redskins for for instance uh, just just in this just in this case Washington right now has a 5 and 2 record in the NFC East division which is never really been a a true competitive division yes they are they are five and two. You look at Philadelphia, they won Sunday against Jacksonville in London. Phillies four and four. Dallas went into a bye week at three and four off of the loss against Washington. And the poor, the poor, the poor New York football giants. They're one and seven. Pat Shermer has reiterated that Eli Manning is still going to be the quarterback after the bye week. If if I honestly looking at that division, and I know I talk about it quite a bit here on my podcast, but honestly looking at that division, I think a lot of people are still underestimating the Washington Redskins. You look at that defensive line, and you look at what Washington was able to do Sunday against a very high talented, a very high talented Saquon Barkley. We held Saquon Barkley to just 33 yards rushing. 33 yards. I believe it was 33 yards. I know the Giants only had 37 rushing yards in that game. It it, it amazes me how people are still overlooking... How people are still overlooking the Washington... I'm sorry, Saquon Barkley had 13 carries for 38 yards. The Washington Redskins run defense right now is looking pretty good. And I don't know 
what any of you what any of you think, but their their run defense is looking pretty legit. I mean, we held the Giants rushing to 37 rushing yards in the game. And Washington rushed for 182. 149 of that came from the old reliable Adrian Peterson, who a lot of people are still doubting him. But honestly, you look at Washington's, all of Washington's five wins, and they showed this stat Sunday because the game between the Redskins and the Giants was televised. They showed a a stat, and it showed that when Adrian Peterson has rushed for over 90-plus yards in the, in the game so far this season, Washington has won them. He ran for 149. He had a rushing touchdown and a catching touchdown from Alex Smith. The Washington Redskins win. Now, when he has less than so many yards, Washington loses. It... <clears throat> Excuse me. It it really it amazes me still that a lot of people are overlooked in Washington. Now, granted, I will give anybody this: Washington's offense is atrocious in the games. We have really no pass attack because Alex Smith, I still don't think, has found the confidence in the receivers that we have. And then again, it seems like the injury bug has hit. It seems like it hits Washington every single year. Every single year, it seems like it has hit Washington. I think Washington needs to try to at least attempt to trade for a receiver or go out and find a receiver before today's deadline, trade deadline. And Washington, your third quarter is eating you alive. You have scored the fewest points in the NFL with only nine points. If you put if you put into the the data system the three points you kicked in Sunday's game against the Giants. Nine points in the third quarter. You can't expect to win a game if you can't score in the third quarter coming from a half. Something needs to get fixed. In Washington, something really does because it, it it really it it pisses me off. Washington has a talented, talented group of players. Like I mentioned, our defense is very stacked. We got Matt Ioannidis from Temple. We got Jonathan Allen, De- De'Aaron Payne from. Alabama, we still got Ryan Kerrigan, who has been our best line outside linebacker for like since we drafted him. Washington has a pretty stacked defense. The offense, you just gotta get going. And and the NFC East in itself does not have a good offensive talent around them. I mean, you look at that game. And I feel bad for Eli Manning. But Eli got sacked seven times against the Redskins defense. Eli has no offensive line help. And they got quite a bit of talent surrounding them on both sides of the ball. 
they have no no talent. Washington plays Atlanta this Sunday. I'm not overlooking Atlanta because Matt Ryan is Matt Ryan, and Atlanta can put up some points. Their defense has been hit with many of injuries. I'm not looking over. I'm not looking past Atlanta, but if Washington can somehow, some way, get a victory this Sunday and move to six and two, that would be huge because Washington last year sucked against the NFC East. They were one in five last year, and the one win came against the Giants last year, and that was on thanks. That was Thanksgiving night. That was Thanksgiving night. We 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 beat the we beat the Giants Thanksgiving night. It was the the last the the final game of Thanksgiving, the slate. It will be huge for Washington to go to to pick up a win this Sunday. So I'm looking forward to that. I also want to congratulate the Boston Red Sox on winning their fourth World Series championship in 15 years. And I predicted it. I predicted it all along. I said the Boston Red Sox would win in five, and that's what they did. I'm happy for the Boston Red Sox. And and I and I've been saying, and I, I said this all along. I said this towards the end of the season. I said it in the postseason. If Boston did not win the World Series, it was going to be a complete bust. It really was. I said it all along. You win 108 games in the season with a first-year manager. That's pretty. That's pretty damn good. Pretty, pretty successful. But I'm happy for the Boston Red Sox. I honestly think they do have a scary team going forward, and they're already predicting right now. The favorites to win next year's World Series. The two teams, Boston and Houston. Now, could I possibly see a Boston and Houston rematch in the ALCS? I think so, yeah. I really do. I think Boston, you know, they they were just they were just the team to beat this year. There was no way Boston, I think, was going to lose the the chance at winning a championship. And I'm taking nothing away from the Dodgers, but I think they kind of they kind of just they they looked overrated because you had a lot of guys on there that were just home run hitting power power guys, guys like Yasuo Prig, Manny Machado, Max Muncie. You you have a lot of big big guys that most likely do nothing but hit home runs. But I want to congratulate Boston for winning in five. Boston's also their first title since 2013. I, I think this is going to be a, a upward trend for the American League. I think Boston, if Boston does not continue this trend of how many wins they got this year, Going into next year, I will be very surprised because Alex Cora did a phenomenal job being a first-year manager. He did a phenomenal job, 
And I and I expect to continue to see that trend going forward for for Boston. I I do. I expect to continue to see that trend for Boston. And and, and what a what a way to end the the MLB postseason. Boston, I I think a lot of people expected Boston to compete in the American League East. I. I didn't I don't think people expected Boston to do as well as they did. And Boston it has talent. But when you look at the Yankees, the Yankees have some talent now. Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, the, their pitching is is pretty good their their pitching rotation. But anyways, congratulations to you, Boston, you deserved it, and I said it all along. If you didn't win, it was going to be a bust season for you. Just because of the simple fact you had the best record in baseball, you had an offense that was very high power, and your defense was pretty stellar. Congratulations to you, Boston. Well-deserved World Series championship. Well-deserved. I want to thank you guys for tuning in today to the Let's Talk Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Carl Miller, where we talk all things